Good afternoon. It is 2 o'clock. It's 2 p.m. And this is Streaming Consciousness. I am I am breaking all records for myself in that I am doing another podcast. The day after I did another uh, two days in a row, I'm podcasting two, two days in a row. So please do not get used to this schedule. I cannot imagine keeping it going. The only reason I'm doing it is because it keeps me sane to do this. It helps me. So I come here and I talk and um, hopefully sometimes people listen and find it interesting or find something that resonates for them. Um, But this is a wholly selfish endeavor. (laughs) This is all about me. So the things that I say are my opinion and have to do with my experience. Um, I am not a uh, not a shrink. I am not a prof- I am not a mental health professional. I am not. Um, I don't even have a college degree, but um, I, I, I hesitate to say that I'm not educated because you know parents. Um, and I, but I do want people to n- understand that I am just talking here from my my thing. This is me just talking. And this morning, I started thinking about breaking points and being broken. Um, I recently told someone that, yeah, not recently, but it was, it was it's been a, a little bit now that since I said it, but that I was that I've been broken before, and have rebuilt myself and I'll be broken again. Um, It's not a big deal. I mean, it is, of course, because yeah, it's a horrible feeling. And then this morning I was sitting, I was laying in bed and I'm thinking about how, how many times have I actually been, how many times have I experienced being broken or that feeling of being broken? And I was sort of amazed at the answer. I, I thought it was maybe just, I assumed it was a couple of times, but I recognize now that when it comes to, and here's what I think of when I think of being broken, I think of life events that occur or emotional states that um, flare up, which mean, which force you to choose between life and change often, or between change and often, yeah. I would say the first time I was broken, I was like six or seven. Um, I'm not gonna talk about how that happened. <laughs> um, the next time I think I was 12, the next time I was 14, The time after that, I think I was 18 or 19. So this has sort of been a reoccurring thing. And I think that for most people, especially if life has not been, um, you know, a Norman Rockwell painting, and I think probably most people's lives have not, I think most people have probably been broken more than once over the course of their lives. And I and I was broken last year. 
And I have to say, I think the difference between that break and this one is that, A, I went into a situation knowing that the likelihood of my being broken because of it was high. And B, this time I embraced it. This time I knew that I could choose to not be broken by the situation. I could choose to continue to do everything as I'd always done it, to revert back to who I had been. I could make that choice. And instead, I chose differently because I wanted more things. And that that saying, you know, whatever kills you, whatever doesn't kill you only makes you stronger. I don't agree with that. I disbelieve it. I think it is horse hockey. <laughs> I do not like it because I think it's sometimes used as a way of um, exempting people from compassion and empathy. And that irritates me, but I have found it to be true in my case, for sure. Every time I look at something that's forced me to break, either mentally, I've had one of those. Hey, welcome, welcome. <clears throat> but every time I've had something that has forced me to break and whether it was mentally, you know, and that has happened, or just sort of, well, it is kind of mental, it is mental still, but it feels more, you know, except for, I would say my little nervous breakdown uh, years and years ago, I would say that every other situation has been like, you're either gonna do this or you're gonna walk off the edge of the earth. You're either going to change, you're either going to find a new way of existing or you're going to die. And I would have to choose a new way of existing that I did not imagine, that I could not conceptualize and that I could not imagine. Um, and it's scary and it's horrible and it's painful and it's messy and you get it wrong so much, you know, it's, you lose people because you change and it, and your entire life is disrupted by it. But mine has been on those occasions, and I have survived those those instances. I have I have thrived in the wake of the break. But we don't talk very much. We talk about the like the victory dance a lot. Like, oh, I was broken. There's your what you call it, your 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 impossible odds. And then, but I overcame and became. And there's your victory and your triumph. But we don't talk a lot about what happens in between <laughs> the breaking point and the triumph. Well, yes, you do have to stand up again, but it is a process, isn't it? Yes, and again, and again, you know what I'm talking about, that none of us, very few of us, who've ever been broken in life have only been broken once. Um, here's, here's what it was for me. Because usually what it ha when it happens to me, it's a surprise. Um, it is a, a flashpoint um, or it is a long grind of 
a situation that is very, very difficult to endure. For instance, I, um, I'm, on, I'm disabled. It took seven years for my case to be approved. I had a judge who was a problem for me. Um, in order to get approved, I had to go through so many hoops, like so many. And the, the, really the standard of proof for my condition is fairly low. Um, and we had that proof in the first hearing and as evidenced by the contradictory nature of the ruling by the judge. In the second hearing, I had a lawyer who, you know, assured me that it was going to be fine, but I felt like it wasn't. And a, another very confusing decision by the judge. And then in the third for the third, you know, when we finally got the appeal all done, et cetera, for the third hearing, they barred the judge, the previous judge from hearing the case again, and they brought a judge out of retirement. That's what I had to go through to get disability. And even that was enough because unfortunately my case sort of fell in between the cracks, between paper records and electronic records because it had gone on for so long. So it took six more months for the um for the for after the approval for my money to actually come in and that was really hard i was not i was not living in a safe place and during most of this time um but and there were you know there were breaks in between but the one i'm talking about now is that sort of long extended grind of uncertainty and stress after a very difficult, long, difficult time period. So in that six months, I'm living with my mother, which is never a good thing for either of us um, because I had to leave where I lived before because, you know, it was not safe. Um, and I do remember how that ground me down. And I do remember coming to a point and realizing, seriously, if this doesn't stop soon, I am literally going to take my life. <laughs> Sorry, I should have, I'll put a trigger warning on it when I actually post it. So trigger warning, you know. <laughs> and I am a big believer in fake it till you make it. Yes, as long as you have, a headset. You are welcome to call in um, in just a minute. So um, actually, I would love for you to call in now. Um, I have to put on my headset. Where's because I, I don't think I've ever taken a call successfully yet. So I am looking forward to it. I would be really, really glad if you did call. Um, and I just had to I had a difficult time after that, after the, even after, and that's when things are long like that, I find that what happens is you end up in a space where there's the aftermath. And sometimes it's P for me, it was PTSD of a more pronounced variety than my usual, uh, more acute. Um, and it took a long time for my body to recognize that I was safe. 
it took, it was months of jumping at every sound and uh, locking, double checking and double locking and my doors and windows and nightmares. And it was just really hard. And um, I was angry a lot. I was angry. I was so angry with people in my life who I know loved me. And, but they, I was not their priority, you know? They had other things. I had very good friends. I still have very good friends, but their priority is their life and their family. And that's as it should be. But it did mean that because I didn't have family support, that a lot of the stuff that happened was harder than maybe it had to be. And so I was angry about that. And it took time for me to recover. It took a shrink. It took faith. It took, it was hard. It was hard. And now when I think about it, when I look back on it, I can't say I'm grateful for, can I say I'm grateful for the lessons? Yes, I'm grateful for the lessons. But I would give anything for no one else to have to go through what I experienced in order to learn it. Um, are you are you going to call in? Is it Mashir? You're welcome to. And then there was the time, and then but then last year, and as a result of that, I would say that I learned a little bit better how to give compassion and also give myself the right to not care. I'm kind of, I'm extremely empathetic. I have a hard time blocking out other people's stuff and I never had wanted to in the past. It was always, I wanted to listen to people because I knew, you know, because people feel unlistened to. Oh, here he's, here's Mashir. Um, people don't feel listened to, and I would, you know, I could listen forever, and something about that time gave me, per- I, I enabled me to give myself permission to take care of myself, and also to not necessarily engage with every problem from every person that I came into contact with. And Mushir is trying to get on the line. And I'm going to connect him and see if this works. Hello, Mushir. Can you, can you, how's it going? Cannot hear you. Oops, it would help if I plugged in my headset. Just a sec. So I got through that time period, right? So that was, that was, that was a long uh, run grind, you know, where you kind of see the break com- coming, but there's nothing you can do about your situation, which means there's nothing you can do to keep the break from happening. That is always a little bit terrifying. So I think I have my share on the line. Let's see. Hello. Can you hear me? Can I hear you? Not yet. I can't hear you yet. I'm not sure why not. Huh. Are you speaking? 
write in chat if you are. Hey, Roy. You are speaking. I can't hear you. Try calling again. Because for whatever reason, I can't hear you. I Like I said, I have not done this successfully yet. It'll be fun to, to see if we can. Okay, I'm going to disconnect you. Try calling in again. And I'll see if I can get it right at some point. So you're calling in. Now I say, where are your headset? And so then I connect you. you. Hello. And Good evening, strong woman. Can I hear you, though? <gasps> hey, I hear you. <laughs> good evening, strong woman. I don't know what is the time there, but good evening. Good evening. My name is Faisal, and I'm from Jordan. Hi, Faisal. Faisal? Yes. What a Faisal. beautiful name. Faisal. What's your name? As you see, I am the streaming consciousness here. <laughs> So, what, what did you have to say? Uh, I was, you know, uh, I came to your uh, your host uh, at the end while, you, while, while are you talking, and I understand from your speech that you had bad circumstances and bad situation long time ago, and mm -hmm. you uh, you faced many problems during your uh, tough time, but you could survive and you are telling about what's happened to you and you just uh, sharing your experience and trying to, uh, to expose yourself to the reality and telling things coming from your heart that's what I understand yes absolutely so Oh my God, because I'm driving, <laughs> you can give me just two minutes, I will park, then I can talk to you freely, without concentration, with the cars, and I, I'm happy listening to, I am happy to listen to you, really, I'm happy to listen to people like you who faced challenge and he survived because this, this is life. Life is not rainbow. Life is very difficult. And if we, if we didn't be strong enough, our life will mm -hmm. smash us. And, you know, it will annihilate us and destroy us. So we have to be strong enough to face it. Exactly. So that's what I say to but you. I face think it until you make it. I agree with that. I 100% agree with fake it till you make it. But I also feel that we should be smashed because I do think that we grow up smash in our families. Listen, we listen, should be. Listen, just let, me, let, let, let me park and I, 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 I will listen to you. Keep going. Keep speaking. I'm listening to you. Okay. okay? <laughs> I, I do think that we should be smashed. I think we need it sometimes because our, our, our upbringings are incomplete. You know, they prepare us, our parents, because they are human beings. I think of myself at 27, which is when my mother had me. And I was in no way prepared to have a child at, at, at 27. Um, and so I would have done not a 
perfect job as a mother. No parent does a perfect job. And so we get into patterns and we find comfort in our patterns and we love our patterns because they're easy and we don't have to think about them, but then circumstances crop up, which challenge us and either force and force us to make choices about, okay, do I want to keep going as I am or try against these, against these circumstances to remain as I am or do or am I willing to break with everything I've ever known and try something different? Am I willing to endure the pain and the fear of not knowing what to do and not knowing how to be, only that I can't keep doing what I was doing? And that, I think, is in some ways necessary um, and important but still extremely difficult because we don't leave, live in an easy world. We don't live in a, in a world that respects that challenge, that respects that need to have time and space to make changes or adjustments. It just keeps throwing everything it has at us. And so I would say that those broken times, those broken periods are are extremely difficult, probably more difficult than they need to be, but they are necessary. I have been smashed so many times. And I'm here to tell you, the last time, it was a choice. Because I literally made the choice. It wasn't like as, it, as extreme as it used, usually is. I mean, it used to be like my back would be against the wall and I would really literally have no choice. I feel as if I was either going to go crazy or kill myself or break. And I would choose to break. So last year I chose, I, I, a few years ago, I entered into something and chose something that I knew the likelihood is that it would break me. The likelihood is, was that if I take this risk, I will be broken when, if it, if it goes wrong. And it turns out I was right. Um, but Last year, when that break, that time came, um, see, I'm a person, I'm not super emotional. I'm pretty, uh, I've always been pretty level emotionally. I don't go to extremes, generally speaking. I'm a very dramatic person, but that's not the same thing as being super emotional. Oftentimes, it's because I was super detached from my feelings. I didn't know what I was feeling most of the time. And a lot of times, you know, something extreme would happen and I would, you know, think about my feelings for a long time or think about, you know, the situation and often do the math on what is needed in the moment and do what's needed in the moment. And then after that, 10 days later, a week, two weeks later, a month later, have my emotional reaction to the situation of a month before. And I don't feel, I just feel like it's not a healthy way to live. And also I want to be engaged with life emotionally while I'm living it. And so my choice in that time was to break with everything I knew about how to process pain and heartbreak and, and um, loss and choose to let the pain come, not try to mitigate it, not try to pretend I was okay, 
not any of those things because what I wanted on the other side of it was to be able to experience pain and react to pain in the moment, to experience joy, and to fully be present for it when it happens because I never was. I was always just a little bit outside of it, just a little out of sync with everything that was going on around me. And also to be able to be more vulnerable, to be willing to like drop the armor some or at least know how to take it off when I want to. So I broke and it was messy. Let me see. I lost approximately <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six friends, like almost all at once. And um, that was pretty much my social life. And I had to learn how to do things differently. I had to learn how to, like you said, stand up. And it was very much fake it till you make it. But Fazil, Fazil, I and I've said your name wrong, I'm sure. Please tell me how to say it again when you are ready. Um, I would love to know about you. How did you, how was that experience, the broken place for you, if you, if you care to share? Because I do find that people will talk about like, bootstraps and they will talk about, you know, fake it till you make it. And, you know, just, you know, you know, you have to get off, off the dirt and off of the mat and stuff like that. But that's as close as we usually get to talking about the time during which we feel broken. We'll talk about what broke us and we'll talk about how we overcame it. But I think Dreaming. especially like right now is with COVID, a lot of people are still in that kind of... Whoa broken place hey you're back hey yes i'm back (laughs) so uh, what was your question again like um i wanted to know if you wanted to talk about your own experience with breaking and being broken and if you wanted to talk about that time period of rebuilding as opposed to you know like what you learned from it and how you overcame it and how, you know, how triumphant, you know, the triumph at the end or necessarily the story of how you got broken, which, you know, if you want to tell that, that's fine too. But I was just saying that I think a lot of people right now. Hello. Hi. Hello. Yep. I'm here. What, what do you mean by broken? Do you mean that relationship? When I think Hello? of broken, hi, I think of broken as being as a time period in your life when you cannot continue as you have okay. and live, basically. Okay. You know, uh, I faced many problems mm-hmm. in my life and uh, faced many issues. And these issues and problems taught me, taught me you have to be strong you know, because mm-hmm. if you if you don't be st- oh, sorry, if you didn't be strong, as I said to you, and as you said, life will smash you. Okay, I accept life to smash me, but mm-hmm. I should not allow it to keep smashing me. You know, I should learn from the lesson. Okay, mm-hmm. and I should learn how to stand up, and I should learn how to 
you know, keep going forward and I should learn how to never give in. That's what I learned right. from each problem and each mistake, which, sorry, each, each trouble, each problem which I have been faced. Because in both, you know, how, at, let me, let me just, let way, me stop you first. In, in how did ways, you do that? Way, in all the ways, if you give up, then you are, you are losing. You see, you understand me? So you have no choice. You have to keep going. Right. You do. So tell me about that process though. The process of getting from broken to strong for you. Tell you just, just give me a minute just uh, because I'm parking in another place and I'm going to my home. I'm parking now. Okay. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to let you do that. Um, so for me, last year was a lot about resetting boundaries and learning to respect my boundaries, which I'm not good at. I don't enjoy, I mean, I, I've always said, and I've said many, not always, but I would say in the past 10 years or so, I, I would keep saying, I'm not good at setting boundaries with people I love, with people I don't know that well, with people who are strangers, my boundaries are pretty much airtight. But when it comes to people that I love, I, I would say, you know, I have a hard time. And so I would tell people that I love, I have a hard time setting boundaries, you know, with people that I love in hopes that they would hear that and then behave in a way where when I say that wouldn't test my boundaries. But here's the thing about relationships with pe between people who care about each other is that closeness puts you, we're all a little messed up. Closeness puts you in proximity to their messed upness and they in proximity to yours. And sometimes the thing you need in that moment, whether from that person or for some, from someone else, but what you need in that moment is going to be, be beyond the red line that the person that you care about has set. And almost instinctively, because you love them and because there's so much familiarity and closeness, you're going to reach for it right across the line. You just are. And they are going to do the same to you. It is not about um, disrespect or not caring or not loving or being selfish. It is about being selfish a little, but it, you know, it's not like controllable selfishness. And for me, I thought I just, all I wanted to do was just to be able to say to people that I cared about, I, I have a hard time setting boundaries with people I love and then tell them what the boundary is and then never have to enforce it. That's what I wanted. That's what I, because my fear of enforcing a boundary with someone I care about was so strong that I was willing to accept the incursions rather than, um, rather than restate the boundary, rather than back them off, rather than let them know they've gone too far, and rather than being willing to say, you know what, it's a boundary, which means it's a deal breaker. 
So you cross the line, you keep crossing the line, and we have to be done. I never wanted to say that. And last year, that my hand was forced because I learned what happens when you when you show up in relationships and do not respect your own boundaries within them. People don't, you're, you're, however much someone loves you or cares about you, they can't love you and, and care about you more than you're willing to accept for yourself. So I had to learn how to set boundaries with people and I made a pure mess of it. I will be real with you. I really made a mess of it. I, I, I caused trouble. I was, I was extreme. I was, I was unreasonable at times. I was overly emotional at others. I was underly emotional at others. It was a messy, messy process. And I can't even say for sure that it's over yet. I'm more comfortable letting people know who, who I care about, where my boundaries are much, much better at it, but it's still not easy. Um, and I, I, but I did, I learned, I learned how to do that, but it required a break. It required a break with everything I knew because for me, as a human being, I'm not super social, but the people that I have are mine. I am extremely territorial. I'm extremely possessive of them. Not jealous, like they can have other friends and all that stuff, but my place in their life, I feel security and knowing that that's secure. So, and I never really pick people in my life that, not anymore. I mean, there was a time when I used to do that more often, but generally speaking, I've, they're in my life because there's something about them that I find miraculous, like amazing. Always, actually always, even the ones that haven't been good for me, always, because there's something about them. I got a friend who did not wish me well, but she had a capacity for change, which just stunned me, change and growth. I would watch her like from just take leaps and bounds. I've never met anyone to this day who is as capable of reforming themselves as she was. And I admired that, but she also didn't wish me well. So that was a problem. <laughs> and, and, and so that meant that like when I had bad news, she was a great friend. She's a, she's a great friend when you're down, but when you're feeling good about yourself, she feels the need to bring you down a little. She felt the need to bring me down a little. And so, you know, this like, oh, almost 20 years ago, I can't believe it. But, um, and so one day I did finally have to say to her, Hey, I need six months. I still didn't want to lose her. And I never set a boundary for her. I never said to her, hey, you can't do this anymore. Oops. Basile is calling back. And connect. Connect. And yes. hopefully, is there anybody here who, can you guys hear? Hello? Yes, I'm listening to you. Yay. Okay. I'm just going to see. Hey. C, can you hear Fasil or um, Mushir right now? Can you hear him? Drop a one in the comment if you can. Because I'm, go ahead and speak, please. Let's see if this, this is working. Hello? Can you hear me? Can you hear that? Can you hear him asking me if he can hear me? Yes. He yes, can. awesome. Yay! Okay, so you were going to talk to me about how you 
how you overcame, not, not so much the like victory dance, but like the process of dealing with having, being broken and rebuilding. Okay, it's, it's about, uh, as I say to you, okay, you have to, mm -hmm. you know, it's, I, I look at, I look at, I look, I look to it as a child or baby, you know, when he starts walking, he, when he, he didn't know to walk, but he started trying to walk, he will fall down, okay, then he will mm -hmm. stand up again and try to stand up, you know, he first, he, he will try to, to learn how he can stand up. He will try to stand up. He will fall down. Then he will try to stand up until he could stand on his uh, foot, <laughs> on his feet. Then, on his foot, sorry. Then he will on try to... On his On his feet. So then he will try to take the first step to walk. He will fall down then. He will wake. He will stand up, and he will try to, to to stand up again and try to take another step. To then he start. He then he can walk. Okay. Then after mm -hmm. walking, he will take, you know, the the approach to start learning speaking. So you see, he is facing problem every moment until he could depend on himself. So this what I am yeah. just, just I told you about our life. We have to be strong enough to face the problems and to learn from our mistakes until we can have more confidence and we can depend on ourselves and telling ourselves always and consistent, cons constantly that we can get rid of it if we have faith, if we keep going forward, if we not thinking about giving up, giving up, and we should, we should, you know, learn how to be strong. So what I mean by learn how to be strong, that you have to keep telling yourself, I can do it, I can do it. Even if you fell down, if you fall down, so no problem, just stand up again and walk again. Because if you keep yourself on the ground, you are the losing. Try to, you know, uh, dust, what we call it, dust off, okay? Mm -hmm. And then just, you know, again, walk and walk. And believe me, you will, you will feel many things. And one of these things, you will feel the power which is pushing you to do something behind the limit, behind your limit. And you have to just encourage yourself and telling yourself that there is light at the end of that tunnel. I have to achieve that light. So you have just to always just encourage, encourage yourself, push yourself forward, believe in yourself. And if you have family, if you have children, if you have someone you who you care about, you have to think about these people. You have to be strong to help them. If you lose, okay, you can't help him. You can't, you can't help them in the future. So you have to think about them. I should stand up so I can help my family, so I can help my 
children because they depend on me. I have to be strong enough. I have to fight hard. I have to fight back. Whatever that circumstances is attacking me or I am under attack, I have to attack back and I have to fight back and I have to keep going forward, forward. And, you know, this is life. Don't think that yeah. life, you as, know, as, as I, it's easy. Life, it's very difficult. Thank you very much for sharing that. And what I'm, you know, what I heard you say is that you have to be willing to fall down. You yes, have to be exactly. willing to take those tumbles. And I think sometimes, especially for Americans, we're very, we're addicted to the victory story. We're, we're addicted to triumph and the victory dance, that mindset, like anything less than that is not valuable. Um, and so what I've learned is, as you have, that it does require that messy process of being willing to fall, but also having something to, to, to walk towards, you know, something to cling to, as you say, faith, family, love, the reasons why we continue to be willing to fall down and get up and fall down and get up goals. again. But the thing goals. there's, there goals. was ex exactly goals and there, but there is something that, and I'm going to, I'm going to let you go for now, but thank you so much for calling in. And there's something that you said that I want to, that I want to expand on a little. Um, and I hope that you listen again and I hope that you call in again. So here's the thing. There's a thing that he said. There's a lot that he's that that you said there. Um, it is about the willingness to take the falls because falls are scary. You don't know how hard you're going to go down. You don't know how whether you're going to be injured at the end of it. You can't control the fall. You can reach out and try to keep things, try to get things that will 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 keep you from. Um, that will mitigate the fall. And usually our instincts, the things that we do instinctively while we're falling in, cause us more injury. We all know this. So it's scary to be willing to take the fall. But there's a thing that he said, and this is how I experienced it. When I embraced, as opposed to fought that breaking point. When I said to myself, I'm going to break now. I'm going to break with everything I've ever done, everything I thought I knew about myself, and I'm going to embrace a crazy, scary new path. Power. Power. There's such strength in that feeling. And I'm not saying we don't need support when it happens. We need our families. We need our faith. We need our shrinks. We need whatever helps us through that those time periods but it has to start kind of with the willingness to be in a completely different space than we used to be and it's always frightening it's always frightening and it's always messy so please let me tell you i made a huge mess of my life last year huge 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 big mess um it wasn't stuff that i needed to clean up it was the destruction of what needed to be left behind. And that's what I did. I left pieces of myself behind that I destroyed in order to move on, in order to move to a different place. Because I got, frankly, I got tired because I've been broken. Like, because I thought, you know, like I said, I thought 
maybe I've been broken once or twice, three times maybe, but I realized I've been breaking and unbreaking since childhood. And frankly, I got tired of doing it for reasons of subsistence, you know, just to be able to sustain my life. And I thought, what would happen if instead I chose a break, to break, yes, the thing was gonna break me eventually anyway, because it just was, but what if I cho choose to break right now in order to hopefully in the future have something more, something better um, for myself and something more and better than I'm able to give to other people. For instance, a year ago, I could have not have done this podcast right now. The way, hey, hey there, hey Tom, hey Tron. I could not have done this the, the way, if you listen to like the very, very first casts that I did, and if you listen to the ones that I've done recently, um, there's a huge difference. I could not have done then what I'm doing now. And I'm proud of that. I know that there are people who are going to think, oh, she's oversharing, you know, this old, you know, this vulnerability garbage and uh, blah, 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 blah. There are people who are going to feel that way. But for me to be able to share at all is a big, big deal. And I'm really proud of that. I'm so proud of it. I'm, I'm proud of the person because this, this was the anniversary of me um, starting the, toward the process of breaking. I'm proud of the person who turned it around. I'm really pleased to have done that. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for it too. And it's so I just, but I'm here to tell you, it was not easy. It was not fun and it was not clean because I made a lot of mistakes. I hurt people's feelings. I was out of control sometimes because like I said, for me, it was about learning to abandon the straight, I was very constipated emotionally, but so I was learning to abandon the need to like hold everything in and do the math on the situation and only show the appropriate and experience the, the appropriate emotions as I determined were appropriate to the situation. Seriously, that is how I lived. And I, I kid you not. I am not a person who has big emotional outbursts. I'm not a person who has fights with people. I'm just not that girl. I'm like, okay, if we can't like agree to respectfully disagree, I'm happy to debate anything forever. But to have like an emotional fight with someone, I'm not going to do that. I just never want, wanted to because I was always, you know, I have a terrible temper and I'm always afraid of losing it. And so my instinct is to mute my emotions in high emotional situations, in situations of high emotionality. And I still do that because I still think that that's probably best as far as conflict. But unfortunately, I'd applied it to everything. And so I couldn't feel anything properly. And I couldn't speak anything. I couldn't speak from my heart the way that I can now and just trust that there are people out there who are going to appreciate it or they're or they won't listen 
<laughs> or they'll listen or they'll hate listen. Or they, so I, I, and I'm okay with all of those choices. Um, anyway, so the art of unbreaking is messy as Fazile so beautifully described. And it is not something to be feared. And I feel that a lot of us, because of this pandemic, you know, I've been living the pandemic times for a really long time. So I'm very experienced in what isolation does to you and what um, a, the, the kind of restructuring of your life, entire life does to people when it's not your choice and it's not a positive thing. And it is difficult. And so I would just say what I continue to say, which is be patient with yourself. Recog understand it's not a pretty process for anyone. And anybody who tells you that they know how to do it well is lying because there's no way to, to endure great, great change and great stress. Pretty, <laughs> it's not a pretty process. Um, I would say you're going to feel conflicted about, you know, the world is opening back up and there's, even if you're a frontline worker, you're still going to feel conflicted. Even if you worked through this whole thing, you're going to feel, there's, there are feelings that are going to come up that are going to surprise you and that you, they, you might feel embarrassed by. And I would say, embrace it, embrace it and, and, and be curious about those feelings and ask yourself, what are these feelings trying to tell me? What is this about? Because on the other side of it, it's something that you can't predict. But whether it looks or feels better than what you had before, what it will give you is the sense of power, the sense of personal Power, because no, you couldn't control your circumstances, but you were able to control how you worked through them. And don't, 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 please don't. And I know probably a lot of people are doing, it's too late to say this for a lot of people, but don't confuse. Be experiencing a hard time with needing to get out of your, or or with, with, um, this being something that people are doing to you. Right now, everybody's a little messed up. Everybody's a little broken. Broken people break things. Hurt people hurt people. And that is just the way, that's just the way of life, unfortunately. So we're all a little broken. So let's give each other some room to maneuver, maybe, if we can. And recognize in the people who are closest to us that they are not the cause of the problem. They were merely our companions during the problem. It is so hard not to look for someone to blame when things are difficult. And also recognize that this whole process of re-entry might not be as exciting and fun as we think it's going to be because every solution also presents problems. Every blessing also comes with challenges. So even though we're now going to experience the blessing of being free to walk about the earth without fearing getting a deadly plague, there's also a year of trauma, of, of change, of restructuring that we've experienced. We're not gonna just slot back into life as usual. 
And there will be people around us who will try. There will be people around us who will tell us that we should. But let me tell you, don't. Be curious about those parts of yourself or that are reluctant to re-engage in the same ways that you used to. Because there's value there and there's beauty there and there is, there is power there. There's choice there. Because otherwise it's just going to be a stick that kind of beats you up, right? You're going to have these feelings and you're going to feel bad about yourself for having these feelings like, you know, well, we're through it and I should be fine about it and I should be ready to go back into work and it's a blessing that I have my job still and blah, 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 blah. Or, you know, I worked all through and I still have my job and I shall feel blessed because of that. But, you know, all these people who are basically coming off vacation, I kind of resent them. (laughs) Um, It is okay to feel those feelings. And then ask yourself, why do I feel that? What is that about? What would I have wanted if I had been able to like work from home? What of that experience do I think that I would have wanted? And can I give myself any of that experience now? And for those who are re-entering the world because you were furloughed or you lost your job and feeling maybe reluctant to re-engage in the ways that you used to, ask yourself, Why am I feeling that way? Be curious about that. What did I gain during that time of isolation, of, you know, the world being sort of just stopped? What did I find in that time that was valuable? And is there a way that I can hold on to that? Even though, and, 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 you know, don't, don't beat yourself up. Don't, Call yourself ungrateful and blah, 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 blah. Whatever. We are. We're humans. We're a little ungrateful. We're a little selfish. We're a little messed up. But for myself, like, my life is what it is. It's small. It's beautiful. It is unlike almost anybody else's. A lot of people would consider me a loser or a failure. But I don't really see myself that way. And I don't see my life that way. I value what I've created. But it took time to get to a place of feeling that way about myself. So um, <laughs> I've been going on for a while. It's, we're in an hour. Um, thank you. Those and it's so exciting to to see you guys back, see and Tron, um, and to get to talk to you, Fasil. Thank you so much for calling in. But I'm going to end the, the podcast now and along the same as along the same lines as I usually do, which is, you know, try to take care of each other, try to be patient with each other, try to be patient with yourself, take care of yourself, compassion, self-compassion, love, blah, blah. Um, and I can't wait to see you again. Streaming consciousness out. <laughs>